I'm Zach, and I'm about to smoke a joint. I'm Ben, and I'm about to drink uh, water. That's healthy. Yeah. I might smoke later. Yeah, what are you up to tonight? Um, So it's a combination of that beer, the IP hay, is being um, like tapped later tonight. Okay. And then um, it's first Friday art walk. So going to ride bikes with my new neighbors down to that probably at some point. So, well, that's fun. That reminds me, I'm actually drinking a Colorado beer. Which one? Howdy beer. Why does that Western, sound like- Western Pilsner? The Post Brewing Company. Howdy. Oh. Lafayette, Colorado. Yeah. It was promoted as being a very crushable beer, which I'm finding it to be. It's, yeah, I, it's weird because I've seen this. It's one of those beers that I've seen uh, like tons of times, but like I looked at the website and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Well, I just, I kind of was craving, it's hot here in Chicago, so I was craving something not super high alcohol and yeah. just very repeatable. Yeah, that's always good. So this is scratching the itch as a good summertime, because like I'm on three and I've got like a nice little buzz. Yeah, I mean like pretty much for the last few summers, I've been trying to normalize drinking uh, like non-craft beers during the summer just because like that was fun in like 2015 and early like 2011 and shit but it's time to go back to the old shitty beers especially in the summertime ruger what the fuck are you doing i agree i think there's something beautiful about it's nice outside get a fucking 30 block yeah you know uh, excuse me <laughs> yeah not every beer needs to be a meal seriously sometimes you just want a beer I don't want to I don't want a whole storyline about the brewer and yeah I don't want to drink like uh, like nine and a half percent imperial barrel aged syrup yeah that's not a good like sipping in the summer drink yeah i always said it's always a red flag when you see someone come to a party and they are carrying like a six pack of like some heavy ass dark imperial beer it's like and it's like a hot barbecue that's always a red flag for me yeah for real stick with your basics nobody's gonna be mad at you if you show up with some fucking miller light yeah Bud Light, maybe. People might not drink it, but nobody's going to go like, what the fuck? Bud Light has become the new what the fuck. Really? What type of yeah, circles be- are you hanging in? I, I mean, like, not me personally. I'm just saying in the general, on the general scale. Well, here's the deal. Bud Light's good because if you don't drink it, you can shoot it. <laughs> 
I love the bars that are having Bud Light specials that are just like, yeah, buy one, get one to dump out or whatever. Or it's like all of our Bud Light's half off so you can dump it out. And it's kind of like, oh, we'll gladly take the money. <coughs> So the beer I mean, that we already, I'm pretty, the beer that we already paid for. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure they paid full price to the to the distributor, regardless. Right. Although I Who did knows? hear that, like, coming into the Memorial Day weekend, Anheuser Busch was kind of sweating it because of that whole thing. Yeah. Whatever. They're gonna get over it. It's it's like, I know, like their sales are down like thirty percent, but I mean, here's the thing. Bud Light drinkers have like a short memory. So it's, I don't think this is going to last that long. I guarantee by like 4th of July, it'll be back to normal. Somebody said, you know, if fucking Sudafed put a rainbow on their package. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can we start, can we start doing this for like, I don't know, other things now? Like, can there be this like what if there's what if there's a way to just like you raise like a shit ton of money like like tens and hundreds of billions of dollars right and then you just like buy companies just to put um like pride logos on it so you do it for like i don't know like paul malls to get people to stop smoking or like uh a fucking um skull yeah Chewing tobacco. <laughs> Oakley sunglasses. Carhartt. Yeah. Actually, Carhartt's pretty Carhartt's pretty progressive. <laughs> Same with Dickies. They're uh yeah, they they they've done some pretty strategic uh like what do you call it? Image control the last decade. Interesting. Cause the only people I ever see wearing Carhartt, you're like, oh shit. I wear Carhartt. And you know what? If I didn't know you, I'd probably go, oh, shit. Carhartt and Dickies are the only brands that go make like tall sizes, which is kind of unfortunate. I guess at least they're socially aware for being in that limited space. Yeah, especially like especially Dickies, they're 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 good. Like they're they have they've got a clean uh what do you call it? They've got a clean image. Um I'm trying I to think of, I'm trying like, to think I of just, like I just feel like if I tried to wear Dickies, I would feel like I was trying to look like a fucking cholo in the early two thousands. Yeah. And I just I can't pull off the look. It's a great look. I cannot pull it off. But also, like, here's the thing with Dickies and Carhartt, though. Generally, there's there's two types of people that wear it. There's people who wear it for the look, and then there's people who wear it just because it's the only thing that functionally makes sense in that moment. Like, if it's, you know what I mean? If you live in a cold-ass place, or, like, I'll just justify it if, like, you can't find anything else that fits, and you're just lazy. Yo, I'm, I am a utility dresser only so I kind of get that. Yeah, it's like, hmm, it's ten below out. I have to be outside for the next two hours, and I need something that covers my entire arm length. Because that's a, that's a problem with like, 
that's like the problem with like Patagonia and shit. Like none of their stuff fits tall people, which is kind of a good thing because, you know, being one of those Patagonia people is kind of a red flag. Aren't they a pretty good company though, too? Like, yeah, they're the owner, like, like they're, completely divest and everything. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. They're, they're fine in that sense. Like they're not, but it's more like you know. But then there's like, but you know, like there's like Patagonia people. Oh yeah, yeah, like North Face people. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome back to your favorite coaster sucks. Your guide to woke companies. <laughs> And I'm I'm hearing now we've just been banned in Florida. That's, <laughs> Sorry, that's what's Dana. funny though. That's what's kind of funny though about people who like say they're gonna boycott Disney, and it's like, oh wait, you mean there's gonna be less people in line? Like that's the thing. It's like, okay, you're gonna boycott Disney. Guess what? They're still gonna raise the ticket price because they have to fucking balance out the amount of demand yeah. of people coming in. And I mean, it looks like you can't really, as far as demand goes, like it's still strong, like regardless of that, like, I don't know. And the other thing I'm thinking is I'm not trying to cast wide judgment here, but what percentage of the people that are like, oh, go woke, go broke are fucking, it's like, dude, you're not going to leave ass lick Louisiana in your trailer to go to Disney World in the first place. Right. Yeah. Like that's got to be some percentage of, you know, with some of these companies. And guess what? Like chances are your kid is still probably going to be shown a Disney movie in school, whether you're aware of it or not. That's because the woke agenda is pushing so goddamn hard. They're now (laughs) in the schools. Yeah. (laughs) You know what is okay. So to get political for one moment. And I promise we can divert from this. I did think it was pretty funny that with everything going on with Trump and DeSantis, Trump was just like, he was basically like making fun of DeSantis using the word woke. He's like, half the people can't even define woke. I hate the term woke. I mean, I'm with him. I don't understand what the fuck. It's such a buzz word now. That's such a, it's such a, like a, it's it's virtue signaling for the right. Yeah, yeah. Those woke, the compilation, woke. yeah, the compilations <laughs> where it shows like DeSantis saying the word woke a hundred times in eight minutes. Um, they're they're oh, floating around God. Twitter. They're pretty funny. It's it's like okay, what is this fucking? You don't even have a face for the boogeyman here, like Osama bin Laden. It's just, oh, somebody's thinking about things. Get them. Somebody's discussing a fucking Noam Chomsky book at a Starbucks. Hey, better fucking stop them. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's just, it's amusing. It's like. Like a few years ago, it was like kind of this like train wreck. It, it but now it, it's just like it's. I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous the point we're at, and I'm going to say this, you know, with my with my 
political beliefs and opinions fully well on my sleeve after hosting this show for fucking long enough. And hell, if you hang around me for five minutes and listen to the way I talk, you can tell pretty usually and clearly. But both sides' inability to be able to hear one another is ridiculous. Yeah, and that, but that's also, I will say, I don't think that's necessarily like also either side's fault because like when you have like for example like someone like DeSantis and like what he's doing it's hard to like reason with that and be like okay hey like what's the middle ground approach here I'm not saying there's a middle ground because I'll acknowledge and I'm sorry if this is rough for any of you to hear the right is extremist on the whole and the left is centrist Just on the whole, that's how it works. Sorry if that's a tough pill to swallow, but that's the truth. Um, So the middle ground still places you close to extremists. So that's not what I'm suggesting. But what I'm saying is like, somehow we've reached the point where like the people who support one side and the people who support another side, regardless of what the politicians are fucking spewing out, can't even go, well, you know, look, they're all assholes. You know, you and I ultimately want the same thing, a safe place for our families to be and food on the table. Yeah. And, uh, and Splash Mountain to be Splash Mountain. I'm now hold kidding. on a second. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I don't think not addressing these issues is the answer, really. And I don't think leaning in more to your thing is really the answer either. That's where I think a middle ground comes in. Uh, the problem is yeah it's just it's just tough it's tough it's just it's almost impossible to navigate and like it's also just weird now that like like i think the weirdest thing and also it's it's like alarming but also like just bizarre is like you have this very public fight between like disney like someone like desantis and then disney right and they're, they're going in this like legal battle um, and that's really interesting to watch. It is. I'm, I mean, I'm beyond certain that Disney is trying to hold this whole thing up with lawsuits because there's going to be some sort of term limit or s- career aspiration limit or something that makes it so that Ron DeSantis is not governor in perpetuity. And once he's not, the fight's over, you know? Yeah. Did you, um, there was actually our, um, I got to find the tweet one second. I think Polis tweeted about Disney. Wait, who? Um, yeah, our, our governor Polis, um, Jared Polis. What did he say? Okay. He said something along the lines of like, if the Nuggets win, if the Nuggets win, Disney will have to Disney will have to move Disney World to the actual pl- happiest place on earth. 
in Colorado or something like that. Wait, okay. He said, if the Nuggets win the finals against Miami Heat, Disney World will move to Colorado, the actual happiest place on earth, to do business, have fun, and be free. Interesting. Now, obviously, it was a joke, but what was kind of funny about it was that, um, like, all these people, like, I, there was some, like, uh, like news article that was posted this on that posted it on Facebook. There's all these comments. It's like, no, Disney can't come to Colorado. Like, you realize we have six months of winter, and then all these people that were taking it as like a as like a real thing is pretty funny. And I was like, just imagining DeSantis reacting like, I don't care for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he would be the type. This isn't funny. <laughs> Liberals aren't funny. <laughs> I'm surprised that DeSantis didn't uh, take a shot at Pol- at uh, Polis though for being a a crooked left Democrat governor. I mean, I think if you're if you're duking it out with Trump and calling him a leftist, you've got a much bigger fish to fry. Which just imagine that for a second, being in a position where you call Trump a leftist. Yeah. Also, I'm interested in this whole dis the Disney housing development thing that might be going into Colorado. I think there's a few of them. I was just that wouldn't up. surprise me. Yeah, I was just. Like, I get it, but it also, like, I guess I'm not surprised by the demand in people who want to do something like that, but it still blows my mind that, like, I don't know. It's just, I guess I just don't fully get it. It's like you're coming home. It's like you're driving home to your condo, and there it's just, like, Tinkerbell themed. I don't or think like, that's, well, A, I don't think they're going to have condos, and B, I don't think that's how it's going to be. So is it basically just like a Disney brand? It's like a Disney branded house with like Mickey ears on the on the on the <laughs> on the faucets or something. No, I don't think there's like branding like that. Um, <coughs> Cotino looks like it's gonna be an upscale housing development that has like a really nice like simulated beach type of thing. So, but I think it's all going to be operated by cast members. Like cast members will be the employees that are running it, Yeah, but it's a licensed operation. So like, it's not Disney. Disney's not operating it. Right. They'll train the cast and those Disney employees and all that, but it's, some other company that does real estate that's like building it and running it. And so I think the Disney thing is really going to be more just like subtle touches. I mean, so like the only thing we can go off of right now is like solid concrete precedent is golden Oak. Well, I guess you can maybe say celebration, Mm -hmm. Right. But celebration kind of 
all right, you say even including celebration, right? Celebration is it's it's a fairly quaint town. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Okay. You know about Celebration Florida though, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's like probably first precedent type of deal. You look at that. It's a fairly nice town area, but I don't think they're going for something quite that scale anymore. So I think that's not exactly the right precedent. I think Golden Oak is maybe a far more upscale type of model, but size-wise, in terms of the development size, is probably a bit closer. Yeah, I don't think they're trying to build a whole town. I think this is just a development. So, you know, a neighborhood. Um, And then, you know, if you look at Golden Oak, you know, obviously from the outside, because fuck. But if you look at the shit there, everything is very like minor touches, little allusions to, and, you know, like you might have a, a hidden Mickey in your banister, just like in the metal work or something. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything that's going to be quite that overt in terms of like theming or anything. They're not trying to like build fucking Airbnbs, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess, it, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's probably good revenue for the company. Cause if they're licensing it out and all they have to do is provide the staff yeah. with perpetual licensing, then that's not a bad deal. It makes financial sense for them. And right. for Disney people that want, to buy into something like that. Cause I mean, at the same time that everything is more probably like low key and not so overt and in your face with the theming, there probably is still that whole idea of buying into, you know, you live on Disney property, essentially, even if it's not re- really Disney property, you know, just buying into that idea. So I think never leave. (laughs) I think the problem is it's just going to be really pricey. I can't imagine a Disney home in a or a home in a Disney development district going for less than three quarters of a mil, right? In any market, but especially what the first ones in the Coachella Valley or. Indio, that area, basically. Like, it's Southern California, even though you're a couple hours from, like, San Diego or L.A. or anything. It's California, so I can't imagine anything there, even a two- or three-bedroom going for less than $750. Right, yeah. You're talking Colorado, and I can only assume that means the greater Denver area or maybe not, but doesn't matter because the state's kind of still in a housing crunch. Yeah. I mean, at this point it, it's almost this problem where like the further away you get from Denver, the more expensive the houses get. 
just because Jesus the only Christ. options you have are like massive, uh, massive houses on like big plots. Like, I was just watching a show about how fucked the housing market is in Denver, basically. Well, it wasn't about that. It was about this couple that moved from Iowa on a hope and a prayer a couple years ago that like they could make it in the cannabis industry. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) I can't tell you how many people I've met with that same mentality. Like that's such a common thing. I mean, like I've met people who like literally lived in their car and they weren't, it, it was like homeless by choice. Kind of like, yeah, I'm from whatever, Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, Florida, Kansas, whatever. But like, I just really want to live here. So they're like sleeping in their car, trying to find work, that sort of thing. Um, and then like people just and then like one day they're just not there. You know, it's kind of like it's a sad you know thing, but people are really desperate to move out here. I like as someone entering the cannabis industry, I can't imagine any reason I would end up in Colorado. Yeah. Because at at this point, the market's way too saturated. I I suppose you get to a certain level with experience, right? Resume job hopping. Yeah. But in terms of like anything short of like having a nice offer, I can't. Well, it I would think, be a terrible time to try and enter the industry there. Yeah. I mean, you'd basically just get stuck in that rut of just hopping butt tender jobs and always having to like live with a roommate, basically. I mean, that I guess is livable, but Jesus. Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's just it. Like for, for a lot of people, like that is just like a, like a portion of their life. Like, you know, like you're out of college, it's your 20s you know, mid late twenties, whatever, like that's totally doable. But then at a certain point it's like, okay, like I'm not getting ahead. Like what's next? Let me ask you something. Any of your dispensaries in town unionized? uh, (laughs) I'm not, not sure. Okay. Well, I would definitely uh, look that up and, you know, if you're so inclined, go support the union ones. Hmm. You know, here in Chicago, the uh, birthplace of the union in America, uh, thankfully, several of our shops are unionized, but statewide, not so much. Okay. I think in Northern California, there's some union shops I've heard about, but I feel like maybe there's a, maybe there's a couple unionized places in Denver. If not, then, you know, I, I'm, I, if you know any bud tenders, I wouldn't not say to bring up the idea to them. And, uh, I would even go so far as to say there is a union that is already in cannabis space. Yeah. So. <clears throat> um, theoretically, if anyone listening, also, but pro union basically. But it's it's really a bummer to hear that because I mean, in the 
it hasn't even been a full 10 years since legalization rolled out in Colorado. I know it passed in 2012, but it it started in 2014. So like it hasn't even been a full decade right now. And 23 states have recreational adult use legalization laws now. So it's like so many of those people, it's like, I don't know, man, just chill. Maybe not Colorado. Yeah. I mean, what, what ended up happening to the couple? Um, They were homeless from the time they arrived. Yeah. This was back in 2017. It's a show called Weed a Kit. It was good. Good show. I recommend it. It was a Vice docu-series. Yeah. Um, so this was just about one where like, you know, and I felt so bad cause they had a kid and like the guy was trying to get a job in the dispensary and didn't understand that you had to like have a badge already through the state. Okay. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> which makes sense. It's different in every state. Unfortunately, um, every state's laws are incredibly different when it comes to cannabis. I literally was at a fucking conference today where a lawyer was talking about that and he was from Colorado. Um, so, but at the same time, it's like, dude, if you didn't even Google that shit to know it, why the fuck did you uproot your whole life to move there Yeah, when you got a wife and a kid, you know, I they uh, were young, they were like 21 and 22. Yeah. No, that's it's so common. Like that's so it, to the point where it's like a meme. Like, you know, um, it's happening. Like I, I'm seeing it less and less. But back like 2015, 2016, just like going out and like when I didn't know as many people here, and I was just like always out, just like trying to meet people and stuff. Like that was really really common. It was just like, yeah, I moved out here to try to get a job in cannabis. And it's like, do you have one? It's like, no, I'm still looking. It's like, oh shit. Like, it's like, are you, do you have a place to stay? And then it's always, it's either like, oh, I'm at, I'm on a friend's couch for a few weeks or like, I literally just got here like two days ago and I'm in my car. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was a weird time. On the off chance, anyone listening to this podcast is thinking about trying to do something like that. My best advice to you is to get a job at Starbucks locally and then try to transfer into a Starbucks in Denver. Yeah. Or, I mean, even just like just budget a little bit and apply like you because you can apply for jobs online and even just like put up the additional cost of like applying first. Like, yeah, apply for a job at Starbucks. And then to explain the situation and make up something like, oh, I'm moving with my family, even if you're not. And just like, oh, I plan to be there on this date. And then take the $27 spirit flight, do the interview, and then, you know, have like enough money saved to like your a month of rent to buy you time. Like at least do that bare minimum. Don't move. That's what I'm saying. Starbucks Starbucks is one of those golden ticket places in terms of moving. Yeah. If you just need a job that'll let you move. Cause how many Starbucks are there in Denver? 
I mean, there's uh, infinite. Exactly. Uncountable. So you can find one wherever you're looking to move and you can find a job because there's a million of them wherever you live. Yeah. (laughs) It's all about then doing the footwork. Like you were saying, you call around all the different stores and you talk to the manager and eventually there'll be one that goes, Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Do I thought, I think one of the saddest things I ever saw was, um, and like, I, I feel bad for knocking people down, but like there is kind of, I don't know. I just felt this one rubbed me the wrong way. So this was like at an, a Reddit meetup thing that I went to back in like 2016. And afterwards it was like, oh yeah, like my wife and I, and what's always like people, anyone who claim, okay, this <laughs> claiming to be a cannabis enthusiast, there's nothing wrong with that, but like you have to do it in the right context because a lot of times like, so, for example, um, like if you're trying to apply for an apartment, I wouldn't put that <laughs> oh you're a cannabis God, no. enthusiast. No, what? Or, or if you're applying for a job, don't have cannabis enthusiasts in like your profile description. Oh my God! On LinkedIn. <laughs> no, this is this is a thing that people do, and oh. I don't understand it. Like, um. So anyway, it was this couple, and they had like a baby. And they were living in this like 300 square foot apartment off East Colfax, which is like not the greatest place to live if you have a kid. Um, and it was one of those apartments that didn't really have a kitchen. It was just like a mini sink and a fridge with like one of those like oh, partial ovens. No. And like oh, it was a no. couple from it was a couple from Florida and they had a baby and they had all their shit like in a pile and then it was just like there was just like eight bongs and like the place reeked of weed and they were, you know, just looking for people to smoke with. And it's like you seriously moved with a baby into a studio apartment on East Colfax because you're cannabis enthusiasts trying to get a job in cannabis and you don't have a job. <laughs> like it was like the sad. It was sad. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly that's almost to a T the show I watched was yeah. that couple. Yeah. Basically, except that I don't know if she smoked or not. She didn't on camera, but she was very supportive of the guy. So, but also they had a kid. So I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you don't have a kid, different story. But if there's literally a little person depending on you, like what the fuck? Yeah, it's there's this. I think it's just like there's like a weird. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say like delusion to be because it sounds mean, but like there is kind of like a like a false. What do you call it? Like a false image of of certain things. It's kind of like the um, you know someone to move someone who like moves to L.A. without a job to get into show business, or that, like that seems almost more likely. Because show business has a lot of jobs. Yeah. And the cannabis industry, what? You could look up the exact number of dispensaries that are in your area. So, what? How many people could they possibly need? Even once you factor in the grows and everything, it's... Whereas, fucking... You know all that shit you scroll past on 
fucking whatever service, Netflix or Hulu or Max, fucking Max. Somebody got paid to like write that, direct it, actors. There was, but more importantly, camera operators, mic operators, light riggers, uh, fucking whole bunch of union people. There's thousands of jobs for every piece of shit production you scroll past on a streaming service. Whereas every fucking pre-rolled joint, that's like four people. I mean, I don't think it's that, I guess like, I don't think it's that small, but I think the problem is just like the, it's just maxed out. Like it's, it's kind of like um roller coaster engineering, right? Like the amount of enthusiasts who want to get into like roller coaster engineering versus like the three jobs that are out there, you know, it's like similar. It's like a similar kind of path. It'd be like, um, I don't know. It'd be like, well, that's it's only in Colorado though. Cause the thing is like we had mentioned up top, right. Or a while back, 40 and 43 23 other states have recreational legalization now yeah that means there's what on top of washington which i think has similar issues because you live there as well yeah but i I guess like yeah i think the difference in washington though would just be that people don't move there for that like cannabis identity Whereas it's kind of like, it's also like people who come to Denver on 420 expecting it to be like on par with like going to St. Patrick's Day in Boston. You know what I mean? Like people come here and they think like everyone's just like outside and like filling the parks, like passing around big joints and there's like a parade and there's all these like events and, you know, bars are full of people and like there's literally nothing that happens. I mean, there is, but it's like really small. It's not really like a thing. That's because once it's legal, there's no real thing like that. Yeah. <laughs> there's no reason for that. Yeah. Unless you're like an old head and then you're like, holy shit, I can't believe it's legal. I'm celebrating legalization. Yeah. You, you discover you're like, you're, it's like <laughs> 2023 and you're like, oh, wait, it's legal now. Yeah. I mean, like, Look, I wish I could go back in time and get my ass to Denver on that first day in 2014 where sales were legal. Just to be a part of that historically, you know, but other than that, like I certainly wouldn't go there expecting it to be. I think getting a job in cannabis in Denver is is at like just on spec is probably about as dumb as showing up to Amsterdam expecting the same thing. Well, it'd be like moving. It would be like moving to Orlando without a job and expecting to become like an Imagineer. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to put it. Or like going to IAPA and expecting to walk out with a job offer as like a, I don't know, B&M engineer. Which I understand does probably happen, but like, um, I mean, that was just through a mutual, I mean, through our mutual friend. I mean, he told me stories about like going to IAPA with like with an engineering background. Um, and he basically said like, 
the manufacturers there get kind of annoyed by the amount of like resumes they get because they get the stack of like hundreds of resumes and like the companies aren't even really hiring you know they, they might hire like one person i mean or like how many people actually design roller coaster layouts three yeah it's like Three, and they've been doing it for 30, 40 years. So you got to just wait. I guess just wait in line. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't know. Start your own company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a guy on Instagram who built his own coaster in his backyard. It looks really badass. I know that lots of people have done it, but it's a wooden coaster. Yeah, I think I've seen that. It's like a shuttle. It looks pretty awesome. Maybe that guy can do it, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like this has been kind of a downer. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Let, why don't we talk about something good? <laughs> uh, I think Wildcats Revenge opened. It looks pretty good. It does. I mean, there's definitely... It it's definitely kind of given off the RMC's greatest hits vibe, but the I drop think, looks pretty awesome. Yeah, I do notice that there is a slight. It looks, I guess, it looks slightly different than past RMC's. It, I guess it looks slightly less copy paste, which makes sense because those GCI layouts aren't as like boxy as some of the other ones. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I do feel like, you know, them having to use an already existing layout does kind of add to the creativity that they need to put into it to distinguish it, you know? So like wildcat, I don't remember being a memorable ride at all. Not really. And I'm pretty sure when I wrote it, it had a PTC trains running. Right? Because that was the first GCI, right? Yeah. I'm tr- and I it think didn't it- get Millennium Flyers until like much later in its life, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's they kind of suck, but I kind of like the the twister layouts with the PTCs. That's why we're at Six Flags America. I don't <laughs> think it's that bad. There's that one's probably like the best one I can remember with that type of layout other yeah. than, well, no, no. Cause yeah, I'm like thinking about any other layout like that, that has, I'm like, it's like the two at holiday world. They're both really out and back. Yeah. But yeah, I think roar at six flags. America is probably the best one. I mean, I, I never had a chance to ride the one at uh, Discovery Kingdom before it turned into Joker, but I'm pretty sure. Did, did that one open with the Millennium Flyers? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I that think, one. Never I think even that was the PCCs. I want to say that was the first Millennium Flyer coaster. Okay, because remember in because remember that. 30 roller coasters in 24 hours or whatever. 
Yeah. That was in 2000. And that was like almost like the Millennium Flyers weren't ready for Gwazi. Let's see. See, I had heard a rumor that Bush didn't want to get prototypes. And they fucked up on that one. Oh, sure did. Have you been on Rampage? The one in Alabama? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that one is pretty good. Okay, I haven't been on that one. Uh, Let's, let's see. Because that one's a twister, right? Uh, it's more out and back. Okay. But that's, but that's like, see, that's like CCI building like almost an art, like CCI built their rides more like roller coaster tycoon style where it was more like straight sections and then turnarounds. Oh shit. That's a CCI. My bad. Yeah. We were talking about GCIs anyway. And I'm like, well, I guess we were talking about twisters with the PTCs. Oh, wait, I guess okay. Twister. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Wildcat was the first. Roar at Six Flags America was the second in '98, and then it was Six Flags Discovery Kingdom Roar, which I'm. It looks like yeah, it opened with. It opened with the Millennium Flyers. Yeah. So, so Bush just didn't want to pay for fucking Millennium Flyers or something. Yeah. But it, it doesn't. So RC, it's hard to. It's just hard to tell on, on RCDB. It just says, yeah, it says facts. Millennium Flyer trains, but I'm pretty sure it didn't open without. It didn't open without them. I'm like just imagining now how exciting that must have been. At that okay. time, like holy shit, a brand new type of train for a wooden roller coaster. Okay, yeah, so Roar at Discovery Kingdom and Gwazi at Bush Gardens opened the same year. So I'm guessing, yeah, so let me, okay, so I'm guessing this story is in 98. They built Roar at Six Flags America, and then they were like, okay, PTCs aren't going to work. We have a new train, and they offered it to Bush Gardens, and they didn't want to take it, but then they went to Discovery Kingdom. They were probably like, hey, we have this new train that'll work great for this ride. And like, we'll give it to you at a discount because it's a prototype. And Bush was like, no, nah, we're not taking a, a fucking prototype. Yeah. And Six Flags was like, did you say discount? <laughs> yep. That was probably it. <laughs> there was like, Bush passed. And then they're like, hey, um, you know that one we sold you? We'll sell you another one of those. If you buy the new type of train, we'll give you the whole thing at a discount. <laughs> and Six Flags was like, let me just look at a map real quick. Yeah, you can put that at Discovery Kingdom. <laughs> or Marine World, as it was back then. I'm looking at a... Uh, remember Kentucky Rumbler? Yeah, kind of. I don't want to say that ride was bad, but it was a little, it was just a little tame. I don't remember it being like very good. Yeah. I remember uh, going there the year it opened. 
it was fun. But like, yeah. It's weird to think that. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That Renegade was only GCI's 10th roller coaster. Like, oh. I mean, that's almost like one a year. Because I remember being there on opening day for that one, which is really good. Yeah, that's a good ride. I was like uh, within the first like 10 public riders on that ride on opening day. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was with uh, our buddy Jerome and Alyssa. And so, you know, he made it a priority to make sure we were on the ride. (laughs) So that was cool. Excuse me. That was also the first year I ever bought a Cedar Fair Pass. Uh, like the platinum one. But shit. Uh, fucking Hershey hopefully has a big hit on their hands with Wildcats Revenge. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be an upgrade versus versus what they had. Definitely. I mean, look, new Parks getting new rides on the cheap out of existing rides. I'm for it, you know, because it means new rides. Yeah. Although, like, it'd be cool to see other companies trying to utilize that same kind of idea, you know? Yeah. Like, what if fucking Intamin submitted a bid to, like, build a fucking awesome steel coaster with a wooden structure, you know? Uh Uh-oh. Did I just break your brain with that one? No, I I lost. I didn't hear you for like 20 seconds. Oh, I said, what if uh, what if like Intamin submitted a bid to like build a new ro- awesome steel coaster on an existing wooden structure? You know, I mean, I feel like now they could probably pull it off, but they also might fuck it up. Oh, they most certainly, like, (laughs) would fuck it up somehow. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, think about the possibilities if other companies would get into that particular idea. Golden horse. Except for them. Because then it would just look like an RMC, but done with, like, a protractor instead of an actual fucking computer. Yeah, they would just take like thin pieces of steel and just like bang them into place. Yeah, I don't think they have like they either don't have the rolling down right, like the steel bending, you know, or like something's wrong in their design, you know? Yeah. And like, sorry, all those companies that sold rides over there and now. Now have to face like complete fucking ripoffs of their work being briefcased on the IAPA show floor. Well, uh, um, that was all the news I had prepped for this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, don't have much. 
I mean, shit's opening. Hollywood Nights is going on right now. Yeah, I'm excited to get you know some trip reports from that, or hopefully some listener reports. And um, I have a fun guest lined up for next week, a good friend of ours. Okay, cool. So uh, I'm not going to spoil the surprise here, but stay tuned for next week, guys. Right on. Now, I know you're going to celebrate a gay beer. Yeah, pretty much. So, like, is there any possibility we'll ever see you do a nod to that SNL skit, the shit, uh, the the Schmidt's gay beer? No, I. Oh shit, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I got when you sent it. I have the link. Let me. I'll take a look. I mean, you know, gay beer. I'm not saying, oh, that idea has been done. I'm just saying, you know, it's gay. Yeah. That's a pretty good name for a gay beer too, right? Schmidt's gay beer. Yeah, right? Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) I'll keep track. I got to see how it tastes first. I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but. Yeah, no, I'm. Look. It's going to be a beer celebration and you're in Denver and I hear every day there is like 4:20 pretty much <laughs> just an infinite amount of jobs <laughs> in the ever growing industry <laughs> <laughs> All right Well fuck I guess you got anything else man Nah, I'm all, I'm all good. All right, well, uh, go enjoy your your IPA, and I have uh, crushed about five of these Howdy beers. Oh, nice! I'm feeling it. I'm gonna go get some dinner. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, yeah. Um, Cool. Well, thanks you all for listening. I hope you really enjoyed the intensive nerd talk this episode. (laughs) And uh, we'll be back next week with a very, very awesome guest that I'm super happy to have back on the show. (laughs) So uh, thanks a bunch. And until next time, your Your favorite. favorite. Coaster Coaster sucks. sucks.